What is up, everyone? This is Alex Lieberman, co-founder and CEO of Morning Brew. Welcome back to Founder's Journal, my personal audio diary, where I give you, the business builder, the tools you need to think better in order to build better, whether that's building a business, a team, or a new product. And no matter what you're building, something that will dictate the success of the work you do is the way in which you do your work. When it comes to my work, I have one very specific goal at the start of every single work day, and that is to go about my day in a way that I feel good about doing the things I said I was going to do by the end of the day. It may sound a bit ambiguous, but I think you know the feeling. There are some days where you've been in a zone, cranked through things that needed to get done, and didn't have your attention splintered by social media, Slack, and other distractions. Those days feel amazing. Then you have the days where you never hit your flow. You get working on the things that must get done, but then all of the things that compete for your attention get in the way. My goal is to have more of the former than the latter. And while my system isn't perfect, I do have a system for trying to make that happen for myself. And I encourage you all to find and design your own system for working as well. There are three parts of my system, the setup, the allocation, and the environment. And I promise when I'm working through my day, I'm not literally saying to myself, oh, I'm about to start the allocation. But when I think back on on the way in which I work, this is how I bucket it. Let me take you through each. It starts with the setup. For longtime Founders Journal listeners, you may remember the episode where I talk about Charlie, my golf instructor, and the importance he places on my pre-shot routine, which are basically all of the things I do before hitting a golf ball. The setup is basically the pre-shot routine of my workday. It is the list of the non-negotiables that I do each day prior to getting my work started. And while none of these non-negotiables are earth-shattering, the bundle of all of my non-negotiables will be unique to me and unique to you. And creating habit around this bundle is your most important job. Let me walk you through my setup. Every weekday, I wake up between 7 a.m. and 7.30 a.m. Eastern. But I always have my alarm set to a random odd number like 7.11 or 7.21. Don't ask me why. I've been doing it since I graduated from college and I've always been asked, why I do it and I don't have a good answer. Once I'm up, I'll grab my phone and spend 20 minutes what I call reading the internet. It's not the healthiest practice mentally, but allows me to wake up my brain for the day. So this morning, for example, I read one article about Marcus Brownlee, the super successful YouTube tech reviewer. I think he has 13 million subscribers. And then I read another article about BuzzFeed wanting to launch their own version of a digital shopping mall. While these two stories were media related, I actually try as much as possible to reserve at least 50% of my reading for things outside of my industry. Once I've finished my morning scrolling, I get up, I wash my face, I brush my teeth, and I get ready for a quick workout. Usually these days it's on the Peloton, but some days it's not. I start my day with a workout three to four times per week. I wish it was more. I wish I worked out before work, you know, six to seven days a week, but it's not realistic. And while I find it painful to do every single time, I just try as hard as possible to remind myself how good I feel after the workout. 
I just can't emphasize enough how important sweating daily has been for my mental health during the pandemic. On days where I don't start with exercise, I find myself drinking more coffee, depleted of energy earlier, and just generally feeling less confident in myself throughout the day. After my morning workout, I will take a quick shower and get ready for work, which for the last 11 months of the pandemic has meant shorts and usually a morning brew crew neck. I'll brew a pot of coffee or just make a cup if my girlfriend already brewed one and then make my way to my office. The next few things I do are crucial for getting my day going with momentum. I'll do a calendar check first to make sure I know when, if at all, I have time to actually do focused work or spend time thinking. Normally speaking, I try to schedule all of my calls before 9.30 a.m. Eastern or after 4 p.m. Eastern. But that has historically been more idealistic than realistic because one, the meetings will start to pile on and I will have to fill them up in the middle of my day. And also, me trying to have meetings before 9.30 a.m. generally doesn't work when there are a ton of people during the pandemic working West Coast hours and no one's having a call out there before 6.30 a.m. After the calendar audit, I'll take it to the to-do list. I find to-do lists to be my best tool for understanding what I need to do, what I want to do, and what I'll be able to do given the constraints on my time within my day. This is where my setup ends and the second step of my work process begins. And we'll call this allocation. Allocation refers to the things I do to ensure that I'm spending my time how I should be spending it. Like I said, my to-do list is important, but it's about what I put on my to-do list that actually matters most. I start every to-do list by writing down my quarterly goals. As a senior leader at Morning Brew, I have a number of measurable goals that must be achieved every 90 days. For example, this quarter, I have three goals. The first is setting up management training for Morning Brews managers. The second is creating three initiatives to connect our values as a company to things we actually do in the business. And the third is getting 60,000 downloads for Founders Journal. Sneak peek, we're going to blow through that last one. By listing those at the top of my to-do list every single day, I force myself to think about how I am pushing forward my most important initiatives in the business on a daily or weekly basis so I never fall too far behind. Here's an example. By having set up management training for Morning Brews managers on the top of my to-do list, it will remind me that, hey, I need to schedule you know, an information call with XYZ company so that I can lock in a training partner by next week so we do our training and hit this goal by the end of the quarter. You know What I find is oftentimes when people don't hit their intermediate term goals, it's because they're not turning their intermediate term goals into shorter, smaller sub goals that they're revisiting on a daily or weekly basis. And so what you end up finding is all this work piles up because you haven't been revisiting the goals that, that you know should take 90 days or 180 days to complete. You're not revisiting them with shorter time spans. So this is kind of my way to make sure that nothing is falling too far behind. Below my quarterly goals, I will list out all of the individual things that I think I need to get done. I won't prioritize them yet. I'll just download whatever is in my head to a piece of paper and write it all down. This could range from having a check-in with a new brew employee to reading a content brief about an upcoming project that we're launching. It's it's such an interesting thing to go through because I love and hate this process so much. 
I hate it because it makes me realize just how valuable and scarce my time is and just how little I can actually get done on a daily basis. I love it because it forces me to be incredibly thoughtful about how I spend my time. So once I've listed everything, right, I have the quarterly goals at the top, I have the list of everything that was in my head below that, I start bolding. The things I bold are the things that I need to get done that day. I first bold the calls and meetings in my calendar that are non-negotiable, and then I bold the two to four other things that I also view as non-negotiables of the day. This exercise makes me realize just how much of a time suck calls and meetings are. We're going to end up having a whole nother episode about calls and meetings because I have a lot of thoughts there, but generally speaking, they take up a ton of time and it's worth asking yourself, are they always worth it? By the end of the process, there are usually five to 10 things bolded, half of which are calls and the other half are individual tasks that I will work on. If this process seems pretty structured and rigid to you, that's because it is. I have always found that I need to force more structure on myself to do my best work or else I'll never know when to stop working on a single bolded item that I get really interested in. I've had in the past when I don't do my process, I've had days where I literally will spend 12 hours on one thing and I neglected four other things on my list. But this structure and rigidity also has downside. By creating an expectation of what must get done, it creates an implicit relationship that I have with success and failure, right? Because if I do the bolded items by the end of the day, it's implicitly a success. If I don't complete the bolded items by the end of the day, it's a failure. The issue is, is given in six years of working on Morning Brew, I've finished my bolded list maybe 10 times ever. I've needed to reframe this activity so I don't feel shitty after every single day if I don't finish the list. What I tell myself now is that my to-do list is a tool for accountability and treating my time as a precious resource, but my definition of success should be directional, not absolute. What that means is if I worked on the things I said I would work on, it was a good day. If I got distracted and only spent 50% of my time on the bolded items that I said I would focus on, it wasn't a good day. This reframing has allowed me to maintain a healthy relationship with to-do lists and my time. But at the same time, it has also motivated me to decrease the number of distracted days. And that is what the third step of my work process is entirely responsible for. It's my environment. You can have the best setup to start your day with momentum, and you can have the best plan for allocating your time. But if your environment isn't conducive to effective work, your process blows up. For me, environment is the most important part of my entire work process. I have a crazy brain. It's always thinking, always changing directions, and always looking for the next thing to grab onto. And that can be a great thing, right? Like it can be great for being creative, for thinking originally, for working with others in a flexible and intuitive way. But it's horrible when it comes to sitting, focusing, and grinding out on a few bolded tasks for hours on end. You know, I obviously can't change myself or, or how my brain works. So what I've had to be really thoughtful about is how do I change my environment to make it work for me and my brain? I'm going to use a pretty absurd analogy, but bear with me for a second because I think it makes sense. The way that I structure my environment is exactly how I structure my dog's environment. Just like my puppy, his name is Rambo. I have proven to myself that I can't fight the temptation when an interesting distraction is put in front of me. 
So I need to eliminate the temptation altogether. For Rambo, that means putting the orange ball that makes him go crazy in the closet and, you know, closing doors to rooms that he shouldn't be in because I'll always explore them or putting away shoes that he ends up destroying or biting on the laces for hours. For me, social media is the orange ball. Communication tools like Slack, iMessage, email are the rooms that Rambo explores. And shoes are all the other distractions of the internet and media. So it's pretty simple. When I allow myself to be tempted by Twitter, Slack, and TV in the background, I will be tempted and I will be distracted like 100% of the time. I am by no means perfect in removing these distractions completely, but there are tools and tricks that I've accumulated over you know, the years of running this business to make things way better than they used to be. Here are a few examples. On my computer, I've disconnected iMessage so I can only look at my messages on my phone and I can leave my phone outside of my office when I want to. I use a site called Freedom that will disable social media and a list of websites for however long I choose. On my phone, I use downtime, which is in iPhone settings to disallow Twitter, LinkedIn, Clubhouse, and Instagram for large chunks of the day. And I also make a habit of closing Slack while I'm doing focused work because 99% of the time, a Slack message does not need to be answered in one or two hours. It's never usually that urgent. If this seems pretty restrictive, it is, but that's what works for me. This process isn't for everyone, but it's what allows me to get my best work done over the long term. I started this conversation by saying my process isn't perfect, and I'm going to finish by saying my process isn't perfect. There are a few things that I'm actively working on and thinking about as I continue this lifelong journey to be a smarter, better worker. The first is maintaining a better balance of doing versus thinking time. As I've grown as an entrepreneur, I've noticed that, you know, while I've been able to effectively move from, let's call it doer, someone who's working in the weeds, to manager, and then to kind of delegator, even higher level, level, my ability to shift my time from doing to thinking and strategizing has lagged behind. And what I need to learn how to do is attribute the same value to thinking and strategizing as I do to building and doing. The second thing I'm working on is being more disciplined about working when it's work time and not working when it's not work time. Simply, like I am really bad at maintaining work-life balance. And yes, it's part of just being an entrepreneur, but I think it's mainly because I always feel like I'm not being productive enough when I'm in the act of working. I need to give myself the permission to unplug when doing things in life that are just as important as work, like spending time with family, my girlfriend, and friends. And I think what sits at the crux of that is doing the things I say I'm going to do with work so I don't feel regret hours after I've started working and feel like I haven't pr been productive and focused on the things that need to get done. The third thing that I'm working on is getting smarter about when I do certain work better. You know, you start to listen to successful people and entrepreneurs talk about, you know, their success and the way in which they work. You'll hear a lot of people say how they do their most creative work in the morning and they do their most analytical work in the late afternoon. And I personally have not noticed or created that distinction at all for myself. 
And this isn't because I don't think that my brain is better suited to do certain types of work at different times of the day. But I think it's more because I haven't been self-aware enough to notice these really specific nuances in the way that I work. For me to get there, I just need to spend more time reflecting on the patterns that tie together my most productive and fulfilling work days. And with that, that's all for me, folks. I, I hope you have clarity surrounding you know, one entrepreneur's way of doing work and the tools that I use to do my best work. Again, I have a process. It's not necessarily the right process. It's not the right process for everyone. But I think understanding that building a process for how you do work and constantly self-auditing and being self-aware of ways to make that process better is a really good thing to think about. But at the same time, I hope also this episode has given you the permission to not always feel productive and not always feel like your process is perfect because my adult life has been spent feeling a lot of times unsatisfied and anxious about the way in which I work and constantly thinking about ways to level up my relationship with working in general. With that, I would love to hear from you. What is your work process? If you had to put it in my buckets, what, what's your setup, your allocation, and your environment? And what do you like most about your process? Where do you want to improve? Shoot me an email at alex at morningbrew.com, and I'd love to share other work processes from listeners in the community. Your way of working is this constant evolution. It always will be. But I think the really cool part of this show is I want to be there for you to help it evolve. By the way, I would like to officially thank all of my Founders Journal listeners for helping to hit our audacious goal of 250 reviews on the show. This community is incredible. It's only getting bigger and stronger with every episode and every month that goes by. I just want to thank you all again for making this journey so incredibly fulfilling. You're all the best, and I will catch you next episode. Take it easy, everyone. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.